Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the Book Better Weddings podcast. Today we had the pleasure of sitting down with our good friends and former couple Aaron and Sean Eads from the 1008 Company. Erin started her business as a photographer, but since then she and Sean have done an incredible job of building an entire family of companies, including opening a venue last year. In this episode, we talk about everything from starting your business and marketing to growing a team and mastering the work-life balance. So you can relate to this conversation if you are starting your business from the ground up or if you're trying to ramp up your business and take it to the next level. We actually had so much fun talking with these two that we actually had to split this podcast up into a two-episode series. So you are listening to part one of the book Better Weddings podcast with Aaron and Sean Eads. Enjoy the show. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We're here with our good friends, Aaron and Sean. They have a lot of companies, so I'm, and also James, of course. <laughs> oh, I sure get to I'm announce here, it. Don't worry. I got halfway through my first point in the first episode, and I was like, oh, and James is here. So, the co-host, not just a guest, <laughs> the co-host. So, Sean and Aaron, just tell them a little about you guys and like what you do. Can we start? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Man. First company we have is the 1008 company, so that's our photo video company. Um, and within 1008, we have photo video and then we have beauty. So it's kind of a little umbrella with that. And then we also have schoolhouse, so you can talk about that. Yeah, we're sitting in the, the schoolhouse now in the, in the groom suite. Um, we got the schoolhouse last year. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of dive into that process if you yeah, want. Yeah. <laughs> so we started as a really just a photography company. I was yeah. working full time, still am, as a physical therapist. Aaron was a second grade teacher and art teacher in mm-hmm. Spartanburg and uh, picked up a camera, started shooting, um, you know, booked a couple friends' weddings. I think she, of note, she shot 63 weddings for, or 63 shoots for, for free. For free. Well, I wasn't sure if I was really going to like it or it. if I was going to wow. be good so or yeah. all the things. That's a so yeah, remarkable. once I hit 63, he was like, get your life together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you are good enough now to charge. You were good enough after five, <laughs> maybe three. Um, so we got a good team of seven or eight between photo and video right yeah. now, just perfect. And so from there, so that's going good. You know, photo, right. video, it's healthy, great foundation. We've built that up, got a great team in place. You know, that's kind of just running itself now after two years of marketing and putting, you know, creative. What kind of marketing did you do? Like besides just word of mouth, what were some, was there anything strategic you guys did early on? Instagram has been our best friend. Yes. Um, I mean, People, and we get the most traction when we post nothing to do with our photo video, which I think is interesting. When we post like stuff about our lives or stuff about our team's life, that's when we seem to get the most attraction because I think we're relating to people on like the same level as them. Um, Yeah, so we, I mean, Instagram honestly has been like one of our biggest ways of marketing. Yeah, I mean, we live in such a unique age now where we don't have to pay for advertisements and commercials and billboards and stuff like that but you have to be persistent Mm -hmm. and engaged and you've heard of the term kind of a crockpot method you know Mm -hmm. we're in a Mm -hmm. really really any business it's just that slow steady pursuit right so just kind of that crockpot method of just slowly Mm -hmm. doing the same things over and over until it continues to kind of cascade and that's what we did is we you know, we create a plan to post a certain amount of times a week with each um, company. And then you combine that with just exceptional customer service. Yeah. And you're in kind of a small area still. I mean, Greenville's growing, which is good for everybody, but right. people talk. 
vendors talk. Mm -hmm. You know, if you create a good relationship each and every wedding, outside of weddings, and you make a good reputation with not only vendors, but each client you serve, yeah. then that's gonna automatically just lead to referrals because it is a word of mouth business. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're kind of aspiring to do more travel, then you might need a little bit more of a ramped up marketing strategy as far as ads and stuff to kind of reach your target, yeah. your target market, right? But with us just being local, word of mouth, consistent engagement and posting on social media. Yeah. I think our biggest thing that sets us apart from a marketing standpoint is the all-inclusive idea that we're trying to build. Right. So that's kind of where the venue comes in is because we had the photo and then we added the video. So that's kind of an all-inclusive for the, the yeah. coverage of your day. And then we added in hair and makeup, which girls always use every single time right. they get married normally. Um, and then we we had this five-year plan for a venue so that we could incorporate all of our little businesses that we were starting to create. And um, yeah, it's this year, not a five-year. Yeah, <laughs> so, so it happened in a year. Exactly. Yeah. One year. Yeah. And I yeah, think so. one thing that was interesting too that I want to ask is like, I found recently that although like travel might be the sexiest thing, like other vendors like, oh, you've gone somewhere. Yeah, sure. I feel that like I'm learning that traveling isn't the, the, the most uh, consistent with wanting to grow a big business. Right. It's hard to be like, okay, if y'all were gone for four days every week because you're going out of the country, like yeah. people have that kind of business, but it'd be very hard for you to also build a big business while consistently traveling. So yeah. I think traveling's cool, but then too much of it, you might make the same amount of money at home, you yeah, know, sure. and then you're able to be here and like, you know, so I'll maybe speak to that and like, have you felt yeah. that tension at all? But I mean, that's definitely true. And then even to add to that is if you're trying to grow a team, yeah, it's hard to do that from a travel standpoint. Because you know, when you're growing a team, you're trying cost. to teach. Yeah, you're trying your to teach. People and, and teach your brand and teach your experience. Because it's been really hard having a team because a lot of times people reach out and they want Aaron and Sean at first because that's how we marketed right. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but our goal wasn't for it to always be the Aaron and Sean show. We always knew we wanted a family of people to work with us. So We switched the company name. It's yeah. always, so it's even from the beginning you felt that? or like? Yeah, I think from the beginning back to going back to like me leaving school and wanting to always serve people i, I always told him I, I didn't want this to just be something i did by myself um which made me drag him in <laughs> yeah. and then and that's yeah, why also, she changed her company name from aaron frost studio to the 1008 company yeah um, because she kind of saw the vision of where she wanted to take it and um decided you know the only way to do that is to take my my name out of it mm -hmm. um, so now we're at a point now where you know people People it's know Aaron, spot. but the majority come in and just know 1008. We want to book 1008. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, they know what they're going to get. They know the customer service they're going to get. They're going to know the product they get. And it doesn't matter who it comes from. Yeah. And that's what you want to do in the business, especially yeah. if your goal is to grow it. And we're not going to try to grow it a lot. We no. still want to be kind of like boutique. locally boutique. Yeah. You know, Try to stay at the upper end of the market, but stay local and keep it smaller so that we can you know serve as many as we can but not too many where we lose that value and right. that that excellence well i think traveling product. is fun but being local and boutique and creating this family with this all-inclusive idea lets us hone in on our craft and how we want to yeah. build it because i think travel and those one-off opportunities heck yeah that's awesome um but when you're always gone you don't i think you can lose sight of like what you're trying to build not always, but for me yeah. personally, that's how I would find yeah. this, I guess, lag in what I would be doing with a travel 
wedding versus what I'd be doing with like a local wedding. Um, but yeah. we do get to travel to like Charleston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Greenville, but those are all within distance of driving. Right. Right. Um, so that's, I, I like travel, don't get me wrong. <laughs> At that point, if you're making enough money, then like people have told me before, it's like, don't discount too much on travel because then you could just, if you made enough money, you could just take a trip on another weekend that you're off. Because yeah, yeah, when you yeah. go to work, you don't end up enjoying quite as much as you thought yeah. you would anyways. Exactly. And, you know, her and I getting, we're not old, but we're both 30, about to be 31. <laughs> we're getting old. You know, we're, we're now married and now, you know, we're thinking about, you know, starting a family. So right. where we are in life, it just makes sense for us to, to stay here because if we had already, if we started two or three years ago building the travel yeah. side, we'd almost have to kind of shift our yeah. entire company and kind of restart. And, and we um, get to do it together. But if, so if, I think travel would separate us. And I think part of the reason, oh, I know why we love doing this is we get to work together, which yeah. is really fun. And then it's tiring after a wedding. You, you know, you were on your yeah. feet for 10 hours. All you want to do is just drive 10 minutes home and go to bed. Yeah. Right? In, in your own bed. I've driven yeah. four in hours just to go to my own bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wake so. up with my own coffee yep. and my own patio. I will say if I was like starting this at 20 or 21, I 100% would have gone the more travel route. Yeah. yeah. But starting this later, you know, in my 20s and really 30s really now, it just made sense to go this direction. Um, yeah. And it's worked out and, you know, we're going to keep. Probably. And then we got schoolhouse and then barred branch. So we had all the little things happen. <laughs> yeah. Schoolhouse is, yeah. A, is a unique story for sure. Yeah. Um, well, before we move to that, I just want to hit the um, idea of growing the bigger business. Like you said, I found I've had the same conversations where it's hard to, you know, I just have got, I used to get frustrated. And I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go and explain to this person yeah. why they're getting a better product this way. Cause I, I mean, and you guys have probably found this too. It's like, I genuinely believe they're getting a better product with the team than they are just me. You know, it's like, what if something happens to me the week before your wedding and it's just me? What if I can't reply to your emails as fast if it's just me? I can't edit your film as fast as if it's just me. And people think they want Aaron and Sean, but then they're getting a more well-rounded product because of the what you guys have built. Well, and it, it allows us to manage our time better. Because I, I did find that like the first two years before we developed lead shooters and stuff like that, I was drowning in admin and the back end side of of editing and like i loved the shooting and the creating the relationships but the back end side of it was kicking my butt (laughs) um and it was i mean it was taking a toll on me i think because we grew very fast very quickly and i didn't quite know how to manage the back end of it so we went into a crm system and like obviously all of those fundamental things really helped streamline what we were doing and it allowed us to do these new businesses and grow them. Um, really creating like a fundamental workflow for our back end was important because we didn't do that or I didn't do that quite at the beginning because I didn't know how. Yeah. I, I grew so fast and I was like, heck yeah, I'm booking all the things. And then I was like, all right, rewind. Backload. Hold on. <laughs> but if people, if you're not answering backlog. people promptly Sorry, and you know, people you know. get upset, it's all about that experience that you're bringing with them and that comes with admin. So not even just your shooting experience with them like face to face, but like how you answer their emails and the gift giving and the thank you notes and all of that stuff is super important. And it's little, but they're little checklist things that like I wasn't quite ready for when we when we started growing. So Yeah, and like most businesses I feel like they reach a crossroads of either having to become really boutique and get really expensive or they're going to have to grow a team and like yeah. there's yeah. not really either that or burnout really yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah yeah burnout is not an option for you to have an actual career mm-hmm. out of this or longevity or anything like that so I think really for anybody listening the earlier you can decide on what exactly you want to do with your field whatever 
that is in the creative industry. You know, you got to really think if I want to start a business, you got to be able to do it all in the beginning. You yeah. got to be able to do marketing right. and sales and admin and back office and edit and client relationship. What else? Sales. 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 I mean, you, yeah. you have to be able to do it all. <laughs> and more importantly, once you do that, try to do it as quickly as possible so you can figure out exactly what you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. good. Very good advice. Good. So yeah. once you figure out what you don't want to do, that's when you have to find people that can do it. Yep. Um, and or so, learn how to say no and be okay with that. Yeah. Say that again. And that's <laughs> Stop. Still working on that. Not so working I'm, on that. I'll, I'll, I'll preach it and so, still struggle. Yeah, well, that's, I felt like I connected with you when you did, when he said kind of like when I joked that sales was the worst. It's yeah. like I'm the kind of person that just really I'm empathetic, but then that's not the best business mind sometimes. Right. And it's like right. if the times that I've done something for cheaper or the wrong way, I'd show up a little bit frustrated that I did sure. that, or I didn't give my maybe I gave my all, but it was just a different type of experience I would in the back of my mind I go man I shouldn't have done it for this I had another lead come in later and it's like it never ends up being the best and you know I'm all I'm all for like there are scenarios where discounting or doing something for free is beneficial to the business you yeah. know and I mean I've had those scenarios sure. too but yeah. what goes around comes around 100% yeah. so I mean she did 63 for free and yeah <laughs> obviously it's right? some good juju there yeah. but when you get to this point you have to you have to learn to say no, and you also have to understand that saying no leads to opportunity costs. You know, if you say no to something else, and then something else comes, you, your opportunity is yeah. there to take it. But if you say yes to everything, and the right thing comes to you that you've been just waiting for and wanting, because you said yes to something you probably shouldn't have, now that opportunity is lost. And when I've said um, no, I've realized later, not at that time, at that time I'm second guessing myself, I'm like, gosh, should I just like try to make it work? And half the time I'm trying to make sure someone's not booked and I can do it and all the things. So I'm going to run myself dry right. at that point. But also um, coming back to it, I realized like this is why I didn't. I always find out later, even just like praying about it, like figuring out like, oh, um, this is why I probably should have said no. Yeah. Um, we balance each other well with that because yeah. she's like super, you know, empathetic and I'm, I'm not that I'm not. <laughs> but like giving and just you know just the giving spirit but kind of lacks like what that can cause negatively to her yeah. own mental right. self-worth i kind of come in from more of a kind of more direct and kind of black and white but i still have a bunch of you know empathy yeah. and, and emotional draw to it as well but at the same time that balance from both creates the perfect decision mm -hmm. most of the time right. most of the time not always yeah. and another thing i'll, I'll add <laughs> with school with the team approach is now that we have a project manager for every company, people so nice. we find that people don't give a lot of pushback anymore. Yeah, yeah. because um, I'm not the direct contact. Yeah. So when there's a project manager responding in James, you know, your project manager. Yeah. Even when we were yeah. even when we reached out to you guys and you were responding to us yeah. and giving us the costs and stuff, I was like, I mean, we didn't even yeah. try to ask for a discount or try to get anything else. Well, not that it's we would that, have, but yeah. just in general, a lot of people try to find ways that, I mean, you get it to, when clients reach out, they want to know what they can get and how they can get it. Yeah. But when it eliminated taking us out of the initial email, yeah. it streamlined everything for us. That was a huge shift in our business because one, I'm able to still show up and shoot and be your friend because I'm not having to have those tough conversations. Of course, I step in when I need to because um, we get insurance questions at the venue and all that kind of stuff where I do need to be there and or even like with you and Caitlin with yeah. the furniture stuff for your wedding like yeah. I was there and Eliza wasn't so just making sure I step in as an owner when I'm supposed to but 
it eliminates the weirdness that you yeah. get sometimes with those initial questions right. or if they have a friend's cousin's uncle's brother that you shot their wedding and they want a referral discount. Um, I mean, we've set uh, like an actual referral discount that is the same for any and every person now because we were, it was really hard to figure out how do you even value that? What does that discount look like and how do we want to run this? So um, yeah, it's just helped having someone handle all the back end initial project questions and you can still reply you can still reply through your project manager oh, yeah. i mean that's the key is like so many times i'm like james will send me something and i'll reword it and add something and they think okay and they think i am they think he's replying but really yeah. it's my voice but yeah. you know i trust him a lot but there's times where it's like it would have been weird if i jumped in and tried to reply as right. jordan you know right. as yeah, that's the same. Ellie, Ellie will send me a question and be like, hey, are you good with this wording? And I'll change a few things. But right. overall, it's like, that's part of the experience. Like the answer is consistent and it's always the same. And it's as far as it goes with like pricing and stuff, like other vendors will also learn how you work too. Mm -hmm. So if it's like the planners think they can tell their brides like, oh, they send you this pricing, but they'll really do this if you just ask this yes. one thing. And so yeah. I think that's a scenario where it's good to stay a little more firm of, you know, Hey, if, if we are going to give you this, just so you know, this is for this bride only. And so sometimes you get running into like, oh, a year ago, y'all did this. And like, that can yeah. be an issue of like, and I've been, you know, if it's a person, I'm a little bit more likely to give on something. Whereas like, if it's a planner or another vendor that I know is going to continue to send us more stuff, I think there's that precedent of like, that's something you want to set and they, they're going to learn how you work and then relay that to their clients. You know? Well, I think yeah. that's why we went with the consistent referral discount it's the same for any and every person and we just do a flat rate of that and the reason we did that is because we had so many client referrals who we had previously given a client referral discount to and yeah. they talk pricing right. and of course we do put in our like emails you know prices change over the year and you know supply and demand so you do stay like we try to stay at par with the market and everything like that and also set ourselves apart with what we're offering in our package but creating that discount that is consistent for everyone really helped because then we we were having to go back and figure out dang what do we discount for this person yeah. who is this person and how are they related so we just have like a set discount now and that's been really helpful and we put it in that initial email so that they don't ask for it so if we know that there's a connection we're already telling them hey here's here's what we'd love to do for you and automatically they feel valued and, and appreciated because we're going ahead and telling them like, here's how we're going to serve you. You didn't even have to ask for it. Right. Um, which is before we weren't doing that. We were letting them ask for it and then we we're figuring out how we were going to give them a discount. Um, so yeah, I think us initiating that part of the conversation and having that set price and then bringing the project manager in yeah. eliminates it's all It's not the even a questions. lot of money. Like right. just no. the, just the deed, just the yeah. service, just the, initial gifting the yeah yeah the gesture of yeah. it yeah. when they knew you probably were going to do it but you did it before like they even asked i think that just kind of puts them in a good grace especially with how important initial encounters are in this industry yeah. right that initial that initial correspondence that initial email that initial phone call is the sell mm -hmm. you know so because there's so much competition now um one they know they're going to book you all along but and they've been following you for a while those are easy but the ones that are tough are the ones that are kind of not sure so yeah. they're gonna see how quick you respond they're gonna see how you respond and then they're gonna see you know how professional your website and pdf and all that looks because it matters yeah it matters to you know what we talked about at the beginning your ideal client and i think they're taking they're not just looking at one thing they're just taking it all into their brain and then 
somehow they're making that final yeah. decision going i saw everything okay did anything stand out as super weird no okay i feel good and then they yeah. talk to you and and i think that's an interesting idea of just like nothing has to be perfect but you just want to make sure that nothing is like a big red flag or like yeah. a big standing out of like man everything was good and then we got on their instagram and it was a, you know a disaster or you know or something like that i think they just want to feel that trust and feel good about you yeah. or as a company and um that was something i was going to ask as far as like you said competition like I think one way to combat that is just offering different things and being different. So like, how do you think y'all as a company are different in like the, what you're trying to build for the client, you know, that helps you stand out? <laughs> I already had it in my brain, so I'm ready. <laughs> okay, all inclusive, I think automatically is like a set of, a set us apart because there's a lot of times where a bride comes in and she, she hasn't planned a wedding before or she's helped her friend, but that's it. So we have all of these vendors lined up for preferred vendors and people that we've worked with and we've created a really good relationship with. So we have a plethora of information for them, which can seem overwhelming, but a lot of brides really love the the information for the yeah, all-inclusive. Very detailed. Yeah. Um, having a team. So our availability isn't limited at 20 weddings. We're not shutting off for the year. So we're able to have other leads and we don't have to cut off our bookings at a certain point. We're not going to overbook, but with the team, we have more flexibility in what we can shoot and where we can shoot. Um, and then I think something that sets us apart that not a lot of people do is the same day slideshow stuff. So like in our experience, we do a same day slideshow like you guys did for our wedding. Um, and I think that's something that's just super special here that I learned from my wedding photographer. And we started, cool. we started learning, um, Sean's done two or three same day videos now. So it's a lot of work. It's tough. You have to have He's gone there. all dinner the whole time yeah. during the wedding. So, I mean, I'm not. Well, Zach, Zach's, Zach's been Zach's doing the, it. Yeah. Zach edits and I shoot. Yep. So they, um, Just for I think months. that's something that is really special. So we, we tell them the experience, which is pretty streamlined with what everyone else is doing. You have the engagement session, the phone call. We'll do a lot of times we like to take people out to dinner, which does take a little more time, but I always yeah. find, yeah, before COVID, yeah. I always find that like, we just had a beer with Chelsea and Zach last week. Yeah. So I always find that like getting them in a setting that's a little more intimate where we can like really figure out their love story is, is a way that we can connect with them on the wedding day instead of just showing up and have never met them before. Mm -hmm. Um, and then yeah, along with the streamlined stuff, I think the same day slideshow is really cool. And then we do gift giving because that's just who I am. So yeah. we do a pre-gift and a post-gift. Yeah. Um, I find that, you know, everything has brought us to this point. So that, back to that crock pot method over the last two years of just great product, great, you know, Instagram and social presence. Um, we paid a lot of money for our website for a reason, um, just to kind of show that brand, show it looks kind of higher end, it's nice, it's easy to navigate. You know what you're you know, getting before you even reach out to the person, right? Because people are gonna go do their research. Right. Yeah. And you wanna make it easy for them to research you. Yeah. Um, so we made that super accessible with our website and with Instagram. And then obviously with the referrals and people talking and vendors, like, you know, they'll buy, they might ask their wedding planner, like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about Erin, what do you think about her? You know, and the planner would be right. like, oh man, she's amazing. I've shot with her cup. Like, that might be all it takes. Right. So, just the whole spectrum of what goes into creating just a good brand in any yeah. company yeah. brings you to the point of that initial contact. So, once they've done, once you've done all that and they've seen it, and then they finally say, hey, I want to inquire. Right. Okay. So, obviously, you've brought them in, you've done what you need to do. That initial conversation is important 
to get them on the phone as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. She sells every single person she talks to. Um, so when she gets on the phone with somebody, Do it's I? a sale. <laughs> so when I see our calendar and I see calls set up, I'm already saying, okay, there's a booking, there's a booking, there's a booking. But if you don't get them on the phone and just show them mm -hmm. your personality and who you are, I find that the same harder. with tours as well. Yeah. If I can be here and present and like show up as the owner. Yeah. Same with films. I do. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't. You're just do my competing with another email if you don't get a call. Yeah, right? exactly. Like another exactly. white screen. Well, you did a call with us yeah. as well. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. So even now, like with my, I do all the film inquiries and stuff too. But mm -hmm. so even now, I found what's been really successful is, you know, on our inquiry page, you know, we ask for their Instagram, we ask for their phone number, and we ask for details and stuff. Um, so when I get an inquiry, I get their phone number and I'll shoot them a text real quick. Like, Hey, you know, I received your inquiry. If it's late at night, say, you know, I'll, you know, send it over first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. But just that initial text is more than the competitors doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then if you get a text back, that's always good. And then you can follow up on, you know, the next day once you send it. And then usually the next day after I send it, I'm trying to get them to book a call. And usually I, I don't give them like, like a whole lot of opportunity to, to put a time or something. Like, hey, are you available at 6 p.m. tonight just for a quick call? It's just a yes or no answer. There's no like, hey, you know, I'm available Monday to Wednesday. Do you have any available like this time? Right. It's like give them an option. They say yes or no and then try again. Mm -hmm. And then obviously, you know, some might fall off or they, right. you send the pricing and yeah. it's not for them. Then you just... I get closure. I like closure. I don't know why. I just, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, it's been two days. Like, we're just trying to clear our books and, and just make sure, you know, you have everything you need. Is it, have you guys decided to go with someone else? That's perfectly fine. We just need to know for bookkeeping purposes. And they'll be like, yes, you know, thank you for the information. We've moved on. But that just gives me closure right. and I can go focus on the next, you know. And occasionally you'll get one of those that you chase yeah. down, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's not many, but you eventually there's somebody that's like, oh, I forgot or, you know. Well, we get a lot. Yeah. Well, with Schoolhouse, we had a follow lot up, come back. Follow up, follow up, yeah, yeah, from a lot of people got engaged, then COVID. Well, like a, a lot of people over the holidays were nervous to book with COVID and everything just happening in the world. So um, we, Eliza and I both did follow-ups all in January and we probably booked six follow-ups who just like had not responded because they were waiting. They were yeah. simply waiting because they yeah. just didn't know. Yeah, um, so we do like, we do follow-ups at two, five and seven days. Mm -hmm. And by then we either like know or it's closed. Yeah. And one thing it's a little longer with venue sometimes. They got to yeah. kind of go through all the vendors to see how much they can afford. Yeah. So then we follow back up maybe three weeks later. Mm -hmm. One thing I always say is like, it's not personal. Like no. people tend, I think when I was starting out and earlier on when people were starting out, they kind of feel this personal thing of like, oh, they haven't replied yet. And it's like, if they, if they reached, if they sat down on their computer and you can speak to this, have been, been a bride, it's like, if they reached out to six florists, six videographers, six photographers, right. six venues, and they get all those emails back, like don't assume that if it's been three days that they're done. And, yeah. or it's like, like you said, that's where we started doing texts too. It's like, Okay, they, they just got 18 emails back and then you sent one text. And it's yeah. like, that's probably the only text they got. And I right, think sure. they, they see it as value. And I think what you said about being sure that you wording it, word it right, not yeah. we're chasing you down to pin you to the wall or we're chasing you down to pin you against this thing. It's more about for our purposes, we just yeah. want to make sure that our d dates are free and you kind of just make it easy going and it's yeah. less of the, exactly. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And I think really it all comes down to at least for me being engaged right now and getting married soon at this wonderful venue. Um, but 
it all comes down to, I think, just a feeling. Yeah. You know, there, there's always going to be that one couple that they're both engineers and they have a spreadsheet with like pricing every single thing and they're going to decide exactly like well, through well, the budget, well, like, well, <laughs> they're going to decide exactly like who they're going to book and why. But I think a lot of it for, for us, for Caitlin and I, it came down to like what felt right yeah. and like the conversation and like the tour and everything felt right with the venue and like after shooting y'all's wedding here in July, like I was like, this place is awesome. Yeah. And so when we came back and like toured it, it felt right. Yeah. And I think that's the, the feeling you're trying to create through the call and like through that, through the PDF pressing guide, through your website that you paid a lot of money for, you know, that's the feeling you're trying to get because when they feel that, they're like, okay, yeah. this is something, someone I'm comfortable moving forward with. Yeah. Right. And if you're just yourself, if you choose to be yourself, like the company started with just you, and then as it grows, it doesn't. It changes, but it doesn't lose your personality. Yeah. You bring, make sure that whoever you bring on is a little bit like you, and they're their own thing. But like, I think that's a part of that feeling is like, oh, I connect with them. And like, of course, every interaction isn't with Aaron and Sean, but you've made sure that as the ripple effect goes down, that it because there are, I mean, the negative side to growing is I've known people that they grow, but it's just only about growth, and they don't put in the yeah. time. And there's there's like a ridiculous amount of time that goes into like training and making sure yeah. that your clients get that product that you're looking to give yeah. them. Yeah. I think the cool thing about our team is that no one, we have, we've never put an application out for like we're hiring. Right. Everyone that's on our team has been through a connection or like a circumstance where someone, Eliza reached out to us on Instagram and just like didn't leave it alone. But I, I like she loved her persistence. persistence. I'm serious. Yeah. And we just yeah. like weren't, we didn't know financially what in the world we were going to need and have yeah. and do with this place in tandem with 1008. So, um, yeah, I just think it's cool. And it's back to the, like the identity of the brand that we're building is we didn't, we haven't had to go search for our people. They've mm -hmm. come to us kind and of organically happened. Yeah. And I think going back to the, where you started the conversation with creating the culture of a company as you grow is challenging for anybody that tries to grow. So you try to figure out like how do you keep Aaron and Sean's approach when they first started as just one person and trickle that down to you know how you feel when you walk through and do all that and part of our success with doing that was because we one we didn't try to grow too fast outside of our means and two we kept all of our hiring internal so it was all internal referrals from people that we had already trusted and loved mm -hmm. and more importantly learned to love us. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't love you and what you're doing and what you're serving, and they're just kind of going to work, punching the clock and out, then they're not going to bring in the right kind of person yes. for that, right? So they come in and just see the culture and just absolutely love it more than you sometimes. We have, Alexa yeah. might love it more than us. <laughs> no, no. Um, but they've put in so much sweat equity, so which much, like makes and, you know that they love what you're doing yeah. because... There were times where we didn't know what we could pay who and who we were going to need to pay just because it was so fresh and so new and it was something that had to develop. So they just had to trust that we were going to take care of them. Yeah. And that was, that was so pretty cool. It, it makes me excited when I hear them talk because they bring up ideas and like, oh, and it's we, 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 you know, yeah. like I just love hearing, oh, we should do this. You know, what about this, Sean? What do you think about this? I think it'd be cool if we kind of went this route or tried something new and I just love the we approach now instead of I yeah you know, like it's been super cool to see come to fruition and even I met with another um, videographer potential yesterday who was brought to me from my lead shooter mm -hmm. and he just moved from Columbia to Greenville and is looking to kind of 
come in on the team and still do some freelance stuff. And you know, that was again, another internal referral from Zach, who's shot now 21 weddings with us and has become part of the culture. And he's like, you know, we should look at this guy, you know? And so we brought him in, all three of us met yesterday and had a great conversation. And so we're probably gonna have him, you know, step in this year and help out. So yeah. it's just that organic yeah. growth that just kind of happens is it's, why. It's a great way to grow that way. Yeah. And I think if you're the person watching this and you're like, I'm by myself, but I want to grow, what the heck, you know? <laughs> and I think what I'm thinking in my mind is like, is the leader, you're the lid on everything. And so like, if you don't set those standards for yourself now, if it's just you, you probably won't get to where they are or where we're trying to get to. It's like, you've got to run your ship the best you can by yourself and then like set those standards for yourself and don't just say, well, one day when I have a team, I'll do this. Or one day when I have a team, I'll care more. It's like, you have to do it today, start today. And then also, something you said that I loved was you were surprised at their excitement because I've had the same feeling and it's like one thing is people are just people love weddings and so I think you'd be surprised if you you as the the owner have to kind of be a little more humble and say or you as the owner have to become humble and say all right this isn't about me anymore I want to involve other people and I think the second you do that you're surprised people are excited and they're just happy to be a part at first. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'm gonna get paid? Oh, cool, I get to go to a party and hang out and work, you know? And so I think it's the mindset shift versus the owner to say it's not about me and when you do that, you kind of, you know, people just trickle in. And I think if we wanna talk from a spiritual perspective, I think um, what I believe about God is like, if, if you take care of people, then why would he not send you more people? Because sure. you, you become that thing about, okay, we don't just exist to make money, we're here to help grow and and help uh, people have jobs, then like God kind of gives you more and stewardship and you yeah, know, that kind sure. of thing. You know? it's, sure. we've, I feel like it is our responsibility with our team to pour into them. Yeah, and, and a like of them show come them the from Lord. Some tough and, situations. Yeah, um, we just started a Bible study here with like our girl group, all yeah. of our lead shooters, our project managers, everything. We did that. That's why the couches are in a circle downstairs. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the really cool shifts is that we do separate business and friendship but we also can blend it in a way that like we are able to pour into their lives and um as the leader when you do grow your team i think knowing that it's okay that you have to take a step back because once you become a leader to grow the team you have to jump into this role from like an educator perspective and you have to like kind of let go of your business a little bit and just Mm -hmm. trust um the more the majority of people that come into this industry it's typically because they've just been super unhappy with what was prior. So they're looking for some kind of purpose and some kind of belonging. And, you know, we crave excitement. Yeah, Yeah, they want to be a part of something that matters. Um, And a lot of people struggle to find that um, as human beings, just kind of looking for that family because we're such a corporate driven, you know, economy and society where you're just kind of a number, you know, you have a manager that kind of doesn't treat you very fairly, doesn't treat you very kindly. So when you can bring somebody in that's kind of been broken down a little bit and you just show them a little bit of love, then that goes a long way right there. You have their trust, you have their loyalty really. Um, And then you just continue to serve, you know. And creativity can be very isolating too and and competitive. And so that's what I love, just like breaking down those walls of competitiveness and like, you just never like I feel like the more you give like you said just creating that that mindset of giving and saying like all right these people aren't my competition there are other vendors like there's so many weddings out there and just like the idea that uh, I'm sure you guys have heard it I've heard it. it's like 
people, other vendors will say, oh, it's a, you can't grow a team. Yeah. It's not possible. Yeah. This, it doesn't work in weddings. They'll say, specifically with creative, they'll say it, it doesn't work, they'll just leave, or you know, it just won't work. And all that might be true, but I think that's all true if you don't treat people right, I think. Yeah. That's where I've come back to. It's like, it's still really hard and it's still messy because people are involved, but like, I believe the people that say, I tried that and it didn't work, I think they never shifted to caring about yeah. the people right. they were trying to bring on, you know? Right, and you, and that, just to add to that is once you like bring them in and make them feel loved, like there's times where her and I have made the decision to sacrifice a good amount of income that we could have taken to pour back into them. Yeah. Um, to kind of keep them, you know, not only involved, but also inspired and you know, they got expenses to pay for. Yep. And, you know, coming back to, to growing a team, you know, once you've, once you've done all the CEO stuff and sales and you want to have people come in to help you, you have to make a decision to sacrifice your pay to do the hiring so someone else can come in and know that your long term is going to benefit from a temporary sacrifice to kind of get to that that goal you you want to get to so i don't get a paycheck (laughs) yeah we went a long time we went a long time you know paying them and just kind of living off but that's okay that's what we knew we wanted to do to grow our people grow our team yeah but doing that got us to this point where now it's really humming yeah and it like they know what they're getting paid every week, every month, every wedding, and now we know what we're getting, and now it's just kind of streamlining now. And there's a point where you're just so sure of the vision. I don't think right. there's been times where probably people, if they knew, they would have said, Jordan, you're crazy, but like you're so sure of the vision, you just you're not thinking about what you're giving up all the time. You're just yeah. like, Look how amazing these people are, look at these clients, everything I know this is gonna work and so yeah. you know especially during COVID time, if there's uncertainty, the first person that's going to take that hit is the owner. The first person that's going to say, okay, we got to return this money or we got to do this or I need to pay, you know, I could go shoot this wedding, but these three people need time and I, I could shoot it and not have to pay anyone, but now they need to shoot it and learn. So I'm going to pay them even if it's tough. True. We've done that quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, we have. And you, you, you do what you're supposed to do, what you're led to do, even if you don't want to do it financially from a greedy standpoint but there's always something telling you what the right decision is but a lot of times our own pride and greed take over that um so if you and that's what helps being husband and wife and making decisions together is you know if she sees me doing that she kind of pulls me back in and like hey you know these people have gone through a lot like you know how can we help them a little bit more than maybe you're saying or vice versa doesn't happen as much with her Um, no but i will brag on him for christmas um, he did there was we had a couple who like financially they just they wanted more they just couldn't at the time and it was christmas time and um he surprised them with a full doc edit did it himself sent it to him at christmas and just mm -hmm. like he could because he wanted to and it was nice and it took a long time and it, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like an hour video and I mean he just did it because he felt led to do it and it felt right and yeah he sacrificed the time no he didn't get paid but yeah that's what you, you do, do it I mean too. You, you do it and it, I'm a firm believer in you know what you give you get back yeah. and there's a difference between someone emailing you and saying this is what I want you're gonna do this for me yeah. versus yeah. explaining it then it gives you the opportunity as a business owner to be generous yeah. as opposed to saying Hey, what's up? I mean, we literally got an email this week. We don't have anything. We need it for free. And it's like, I'm not even going to go there. But if yeah. it's, if it's a, there's a, a way of going about yes. things. You know? I think there's a middle market because yeah. we have the yeah. boutique, 20 weddings a year, you know, five, 10, $15,000, whatever. And then you have 
the volume and sometimes in the big big volume you kind of have less you care they care less it's less fine-tuned but then I think the middle is that like you said we have a lot of uh, more availability we're still a boutique experience you know we're still top-notch but w we don't want to go over that ledge to where we have to stop caring and just calling up random people to shoot for us every week one of our girls came from a very um, Volume yeah, just pumping out weddings, pumping out weddings, yeah. pumping out weddings. And we met at my dad's Christmas party for work. So that's like a connection. But um, I think her transition from one to the other has been huge because she's like, oh, you'll pick up your phone and talk to me through this and you'll text me back. And yeah. like as her leader, I feel like, well, we've become really good friends as well. But um, I just think she has had a whole different experience yeah. because we are in that sweet spot between like the volume and the boutique. Yeah idea and I just more people more problems more management yeah. yeah like it's not always better even financially I mean you could pump out a ton of weddings for a lower price probably twice as much work and same and same amount of income maybe yeah. a little bit more but from a ratio standpoint I just don't think that is the business plan yeah. I, I think you're getting on to something there with kind of the the middle layer you know having really both I mean that's something to consider too is having two like a sister company you know you got your boutique and then you got your middle and then you can serve both industries really well if it's run the right way yeah. right so 100%. I'd love to talk more on the side of like the venue and like um, even maybe a specific question would be what are you looking for in vendors to like come into your venue and say like yeah. what kind of ven vendors uh, are we looking for what should a vendor be thinking if they want to be in touch with yeah. the venue you know like things that they should do and how they should act i think the misconception is that people a lot of times from the initial inquiry they think that only 1008 can shoot here but we don't require that so yeah. um like we welcome all vendors all people but we do an application process where we approve the vendors that come in the building just because there have been some instances with couples who have had vendors that haven't treated them well and it's just completely wrecked their entire wedding experience yeah. so um we do a pretty lengthy vendor application process which takes time but i'm okay with because at the end of the day it all falls back on schoolhouse no matter what like yeah. the the house that houses the whole wedding. Yeah. If the food's bad, it falls back on schoolhouse. If the experience is bad, if the parking's bad, if the chair's broken, it's all of our rentals, so it falls back on schoolhouse. So um, if you're a vendor looking, the lighting is awesome. <laughs> if you shoot photo video. Well, um, I think to answer think, their question a little more as targeted is, we spent a lot of time making our preferred vendor list. Yeah. And I, we, I think we were able to do it a little faster because we were already in the wedding industry. Yeah. Um, and we knew people we enjoyed working with and who did good work and who made you feel good and who worked well during a day. And more importantly, how do they adapt during stressful times? Because when things get stressed, you really kind of find out the character of people sure. pretty quickly. Um, so for us, you know, one, it was just knowing the industry, who we've worked with, who we've really enjoyed working with who we think does phenomenal service, because that is a direct reflection on the venue, sure. is the vendor that comes inside. And um, third is just kind of trial and error over time. You know, we've had a bunch of people use different vendors that we haven't met before. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of collaboration um, has kind of allowed us to make that preferred list. And the ones that have kind of gone above and beyond 
to really come serve us and help us and do that are the ones that are on our preferred list as yeah. far as like the bartenders there's only two because they have gone above and beyond to like serve us and help us and make that relationship even um, down to just like, like staying even making, and breaking down the venue yep staying after hours helping stuff out. that they're not required to do as a vendor right, right, i mean yeah. yeah they'll take out their trash but they'll help us break down the floor plan sweep the floors like they no, as a bartender, you're required to get your stuff and leave, and that's it. But we have a lot of people who just, like, go the extra mile just to stay and help us. And you know that they're going to do that for yeah. the client when they're staying and doing that for you. Yeah, so. they, like, made the bars down there that stay, that are schoolhouse bars. Yeah. So they customized those wow. and didn't, like, charge us even though we tried. Yeah. So it's just, like, going that extra step mm-hmm. to not only, you know, put yourself out there and, and try to get business, but also to build that relationship without being too you know what's the word too pushy too pushy yeah. or too yeah. like ah uh, you know like you can you know an ingenuine i guess yeah you know yeah. that's yeah. we've had a couple come in here that we just we know who they are already well it's kind of back and to that wedding feeling bring, it didn't bring, feel right, right. so yeah. yeah and they bring things in like cupcakes or cake or like almost kind things. of like feeling manipulative yes right and i'm like i know what you're doing and this is not genuine <laughs> You Come know, help like, us sleep. <laughs> and that goes yeah. and that goes back around to small community, people yeah. talking. Like we already knew, you know, people were saying things and so when they came and did that we just knew like in the way they present it and talk, like you just know when it's genuine and when it's not. Um so we just made a decision based on the last six, seven months of, yeah. to kind of make that preferred list and obviously we're exclusive with a caterer now. We had some really, really, really bad experiences with caterers here. Quickly. Just some rough ones, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to work for a caterer in high school, and that was always the biggest thing was, like, they had a lot of requirements for us at venues, but it's because of past experiences of just leaving disasters yes. and, like, you yes. know. We're stuck doing that, and it's just not worth it. Especially so, with, like, back-to-back events. Whew, it yeah. gets tough. So. so that's why we went exclusive with catering. I mean, I wish I could have, like, exclusiveness with, like, five. Yeah. But it just doesn't quite work like that in the venue right. space, you know. But um. But they're that they're the vendor that's taking the time. They were here until like 4 a.m. after our personal wedding, the week before with construction. They were helping us sweep the floors yeah, and so that was another, I mean, it had nothing to do with the food. The food is amazing. We yeah. love the yeah. food. Yeah. Their service is awesome. They just really poured into us yeah. and our team, and so that's yeah. that's the vendor team that we want. I mean, it goes back to the way you're treating your clients, the way you're trying to interact with other vendors. Like you said earlier, I think it's those touch points of we're not just showing up and leaving. There's other moments, whether it be sending gifts or thank you cards, there's those other touch points where it's like you feel cared about. And I think there was a business book I read one time that just said how you act after the sale is really what what they're thinking about. Once you have their, you know, contract, it's like how you treat them after that. And so, like, one thought that I had with, you know, the venue is like, how, cause I think a lot of people, including us, like we work from home and like, we either want to not work at home or like have a co-work space or something. So like part one is how's your life changed since having a venue? And then how's your business changed since having like this physical location to kind of yeah. interact and do things. And you touched on that some, but. Yeah. How has our life changed? <laughs> well, we're moving to Greenville cause we live far away from here. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a life change for sure. Yeah, this is like have, second home, I'm sure. You're yeah, here we're here quite a lot. Um, yeah. It's slowed down just That's a little cool. bit yeah. recently, but well, for a while- Well, with helped us a lot too. Yeah, for a while we were here every day, multiple hours a day till late at night, driving home was about 47 minutes that way. So well, not 45, 47. 47, <laughs> not 50, yep, 47. I have it down to a time. 47 minutes. 
Um, yeah, so that was just, that was tough. But again, I think the part that's really easy for us from a work-life balance standpoint is we get to do this together. So it's not like we're apart a ton. Yes, he still has a full-time job, but most of the time we're here together and we're working together. So that, that makes it easier for us. Um, I would say the biggest thing we have is Eliza doing all the tours. Yeah, that's and, been so, um, super helpful. All the initial inquiries and emails. Like the hard part about venue is how many times you have to be there to meet, you know, tours and follow-ups and vendors and yeah. floor plans and 30-day walkouts and rehearsals. You know, rehearsals. So, I mean, yeah. that's almost a full-time job. It's a lot. Because <laughs> people think I'm just going to build a barn and I'll make yeah. a couple thousand dollars a week and that's yeah. it. You know, yeah. <laughs> people just it's show up. It's a lot up. of work. Yeah. They'll just show up. A lot of work. Because they think we're here all the time and they want certain tours and yeah. Yeah, it gets tough because you don't want to tell people no. There's back to me being the yes man. But um, yeah, Eliza's helped a ton because she's doing all the initial stuff. And then Ellie's jumping in from the project management side and helping with like the contracts, the invoices, the back end side of. Yeah. So that's really helped me be able to jump back into photo because I feel like when Venue started, I had yeah. to take a step back from the creative side of, of what I love doing and shooting a lot. and. I really had to focus on this, which is the sacrifice I knew I had to make jumping into this. But um, which is kind of crazy. Like when the year of construction, where she really took a step back from photography, our inquiries went way down, um, and that just kind of goes back to that just persistent, like constant yeah. crockpot method, right? So once she kind of, you know, this got finished and she we hired people and got back on photography, then boom, they shot right back. It's like steps yeah. back to step yeah. forward. You're slowing yeah. down to speed up, you know. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Book Better Weddings podcast with Aaron and Sean. We really hope that you guys are loving this series as much as we are. Every week on the show, we learn more about this incredible industry and we're trying to cultivate a community where we can all come together and learn from one another every week. So if you are interested in being a part of this community, please go ahead and subscribe at the links below. You can find us by searching Book Better Weddings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And if you do happen to be on YouTube, go ahead and leave a comment letting us know what you thought of the episode and any questions you might have. We love getting to respond to all your questions and get you the answers you're searching for. Lastly, stay tuned for part two of this conversation with Aaron and Sean coming out next week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.